It's a slasher movie set at a summer camp that's gained some notoriety for its death scenes and a lot of notoriety for its killer reveal. Today's movies are Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp. It's Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that answers the question, didn't I see this somewhere, from two movie aficionados. I'm Shady, the head counselor for Camp Crystal Lake, and with me is my co-host, John, the head counselor from Camp Arawak. Yay, Arawak! (laughs) We're going to kick your ass! Oh, probably. Your (laughs) Your campers are much meaner than ours. It's true. And we get the homoerotic baseball scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what are we, we're talking about camps, obviously. Right. And that, slasher movies. Yeah. So, <laughs> so right off of that, they're going to have basically the same story, same <laughs> sequence of events. Uh, full disclosure, we both love slasher movies. Part of why I love them is because they're all the same. Yeah, and especially like 80s slasher movies because they go real camp real fast. No pun intended, but kind of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Slasher movies, we watch them in the same way that people keep re-watching stuff like The Office because it's familiar and you know how it's going to end. Right. it's fun. And all of them are very formulaic. Which, it wouldn't be a slasher movie if it didn't stick to a very specific plot line. Which we may or may not be planning on talking about at a later date, so stay <laughs> tuned! Uh, Good suspense. So Shady, do you want to talk about, give the brief synopsis of these movies? Sure. So, as we said earlier in the introduction, today's movies are Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp. Uh, Friday the 13th was released in 1980. Um, It was directed by Sean S. Cunningham, written by Victor Miller. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 63%. And on Metacritic, it has uh, 22 out of 100. Ooh, it should be higher. That's out of 11 uh, uh, reviews, critic reviews. Four are mixed and seven are negative, Hmm. which I don't know why. Well, was Roper one of them? No, sorry. Gene Siskel was one of them? Probably. <laughs> yes, he was for the he Chicago was. Tribune. He gave it a zero. Yeah, he did. Not like this movie. The IMDb uh, synopsis for this movie is a group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp, which was the site of a child's drowning and a grisly double murder years before. Valid. (laughs) That's that's it. That's That's what what, happens. Pretty much the whole thing. Sleepaway Camp was released in 1983 from writer-director Robert Hiltzik. Sounds right. Um, If I got that wrong, I apologize. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of 82% and a Metacritic score of 58 out of 100. So this is out of four critic reviews, 
where two are positive, one is mixed, and one is negative. And the uh -huh. two positive scores gave it an 80. Hmm. So, I don't um, know what people are smoking. Clearly, are they from, like, more modern? Like, are they, like, retro reviews from, like, the internet age that are, like, a retrospective on it? I think they're more modern. Yeah. But, though, but even the negative review is more modern, so... Hmm. Yeah, I think this is just one of those movies that did not get actual professional critical reviews when it was released. Clearly, let's give it a 20% on our rating score. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give Friday the 13th? I'd give it, I'd give it an, a 75 to 80%. I was about to say 75. I think it's a solid three out of four movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then IMDb for Sleepaway Camp. Do you want me to read it? Oh, you could read it, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, Angela Baker, a shy, traumatized young girl, is sent to summer camp with her cousin. Shortly after her arrival, anyone with sinister or less than honorable intentions gets their comeuppance. <laughs> I, uh, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's how you describe this movie without giving away the ending. Basically. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of this discussion, shall we? Let's do it. <clears throat> what do you have for plot? I mean, basically, when you boil it down, a lot of the beats are the same. Yeah. So um, here's what I have, if you want me to just run through that real quick. Sure. We begin in flashback uh, during a prologue uh, that's set at a lakeside campsite where two people are violently killed. Cut to the main action of the film where we're introduced to a set of teenagers starting their summer at a sleepaway camp at the same lake from the prologue. Pranks and, off and offensive jokes ensue. One girl set up as our heroine is a quiet, nice girl. An unseen killer starts targeting victims, beginning with the camp cook. Attacks continue, especially against kids who are sexually active. Weapons include things you'd find all over a summer camp, like hatchets and arrows. Perhaps the owner of the camp should have heeded early signs that it was not safe to go through with camp operations this summer. The killer is revealed in the finale after every major character is either dead or finally made aware that there even is a killer. It turns out the killer is the last person you'd expect, if only because the audience was not even aware that this person existed in this setting until, very, until the very end. Their motivation is directly related to a tragic event resulting in the death of someone they loved at the same lake. Also, a stuntman is used to stand in for a female actress for a very memorable shot. Did we just do the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of variation from there. In, in, a, in a minute and 45 seconds, did we just do the whole episode? <laughs> no, I didn't even pick up on the, um, on the, uh, the, the cook being the first victim on both movies. I should have. I don't yeah. know why I didn't connect that. Yeah, I, sh I mean, I know Annie is the cook in Friday the 13th. Right, and clearly Artie is right. burned. Yeah. To death, question mark? He is taken to a hospital with serious burns, and I hope he died. Yes, we hope he died, but it's unclear whether or not he did. Yeah, the last we see him, he's still alive, writhing in agony. 
<laughs> deserved, by the way, if you've seen these movies. He is by far the character from both of these films that most deserves to die an agonizing death. So wait, let's go back for a second. What did okay. you say about the reveal? Um, the reveal is that the killer is someone you wouldn't expect because you're not even fully aware that this person even exists until this point. I think the... Oh, no, wait, they do They do both deal with that because technically it is Peter. Right, well... Gotcha. I, got, I, get, oh, your, I get your mind. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, should we just spoil the end of Sleepaway Camp? I mean, we should have, yeah. <laughs> it's the only reason to talk about this movie. Right. And Friday the 13th, for those of you that haven't seen either of them, which both of them are in such a the pop culture lexicon at this point that <laughs> it's been spoofed to death. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to go give away the ending for Sleepaway Camp? Sleepaway Camp. It turns out that Angela is actually her twin brother? Brother? Sure. I think they're twins. They look yeah, they're, the same age. Uh, is actually her brother, Peter. Um, and dear old Aunt Martha. Oh, Aunt Martha. Kind of forced him to transition. Right. She, she wanted a daughter... So she took this opportunity to pretend that Peter was Angela and that Peter was the one who had died and raises him as a girl. You see, I've always wanted a little girl, but of course when my husband left... Oh, well, that's all water under the bridge, as I always say, water under the bridge. But it certainly will be a nice little surprise when Richard comes home to find a little girl in the house. Very unclear what the real situation is for Angela, at least. Poor, that poor person. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That poor I mean, child. I mean, Aunt Martha deserves a an Oscar for her overacting, but... She deserves her, a Pulitzer for that. that. She deserves every award for that. <laughs> and she deserves to get an EGOT. She God deserves the Presidential Medal of Honor. She deserves an <laughs> Olympic gold medal for decathlon. <laughs> but like she's also a terrible human being as a character and we right. fully acknowledge that right this um, is enforcing dysphoria in a child which don't fucking do that no no um but yeah I, okay i now see your point with that because i was going to be like doesn't that contain more to friday the 13th but no Yeah, that's why I I had, like, issues trying to word that because I was like, well, technically, we think Peter's dead the whole movie versus Friday the 13th, where we never even hear of Pamela Voorhees. Until Until the third act, basically, when she shows up and she's like, I'm a friend of the Christie's. There is somehow, like, one specific difference between them throughout the movies, and that's... uh, you actually have somebody be suspected to be the murderer in Sleepaway Camp. Right. um, Where Mel beats the shit out of Ricky. Whereas in Friday the 13th, there is no suspicion. Nobody knows that people are dying until the end, basically. Right. Alice is the last person left, and she starts finding dead bodies. 
a la Halloween. <laughs> Calling it now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then Sleepaway Camp, There, some of the characters do know or suspect that there are murders happening, and they definitely know that people are, like, dying, but they all get disguised as accidents. Right. And then the, the thing that happens, though, with that movie is that uh, kids end up leaving the camp. Right. Well, there's another big difference right there. In Sleepaway Camp, there are actually kids here. Um, in Friday the 13th, the kids have not arrived yet. It's only staff members. Yeah, I wrote that down where it's um, uh, the victims' ages. Because, yeah. like, you have in Friday the 13th, they're about 17 to 19, give or take, minus Steve. Um, and then you in Sleepaway Camp, they're about... 10 they're young those kids are young i don't know how how old they are no one really talks about ages there they don't give a specific age they just say that one of them got boobs so well i meant the i meant the boys in um oh the the little kids kids. Yeah. yeah i always forget about that because um that upsets me so they're about 10 to 19 years old like the victims sure i mean the obviously the cook and the camp owner are older yes yeah uh, minus artie and mel right actually mel even i guess uh steve is the oldest one in friday the 13th and he's probably around 30 30 so much larger range for sleepaway camp but a lot younger for the most part but let's go back to comparisons. I have okay. a few more that I want to touch upon. Do it. Um, well, you kind of mentioned this in your synopsis of both of them, but um, the lake is a central character slash location mm-hmm. in both films. It's where it's also where the confrontation between the the final girl, if you will, and the killer takes place. Technically, Sleepaway Camp does not have a final girl confrontation. There's that one counselor. Susie. Yeah, Susie's one of the counselors who finds out about it. But the movie cuts to credits. Right, before they can, like, happen. Yeah, but before, it's not like Alice's confrontation with Pamela. Right, which lasts for a while. Do you have the time code for that? So, I have... Two different times for you. I have when Mrs. Voorhees shows up to when she's beheaded. And then from when she turns on Alice in her beautiful monologue to Mm. when she's beheaded. So the shorter time is 9 minutes and 46 seconds. And the longer time is 12 minutes and 53 seconds. Um, That's a good chunk of movie. That's a good chunk of movie because it's only like an hour and a half. Yeah. So back to the lake. Uh, mm-hmm. It's where it, the the differences that happened happen in both movies is that the lake in Friday the 13th is where like the counselors bond really. Like where you get backstory and you see their characters develop, yeah. if you, you will. Like relationships budding. And then it's the place where Jason died, who will then care. Uh, the torch will be passed on to him to carry on the rest of the series. Right. 
if you've never seen the Scream movies and you've never seen any of the Friday the 13th, but you know that Jason is like the main guy from that, this movie might still surprise you. Yeah. So it turns out it's not Jason. So sorry to spoil it, but not really, because that's our job. <laughs> also, watch Scream. We'll get to that later. <laughs> and then um, in Sleepaway Camp, that lake is where John and Angela, the real Angela, died, thanks to thanks to some people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the people! Uh, the people! Uh, Delore, I love you. I love you, Delore. <laughs> um, and it's also uses an arc for Angela's eventual murder of Judy, Meg, and the kids, and. This last watch, like, I knew what was going to happen. I knew the ending and everything. But I read it not as she was afraid to be exposed as Peter. I read it more so as uh, it was a triggering device for her. Oh. Yeah. So. That makes sense. It could be a combo of both, too. Right. So if they got rid of that whole plot twist at the end, granted, the seedlings scattered throughout the movie. Right. When you think about it. But, like, if you see it more so as uh, Angela's triggering device because she doesn't want to relive her father and sister, sibling to be murdered, that will make sense. Um, I also have that they use that both use first person POV shots for the hunter for the killer hunting. Oh, yeah, I had that originally and I forgot why I reworded the thing and then never put that back in. But you're right. Uh, I mean, they only Sleepaway Camp only uses it once, to be fair. Yeah, but it like it sets a good mood for the movie. Right. And they're um, still like very clever about hiding the killer's identity for the rest of it. And they even had the the kid who played Ricky portray Angela before um, what's her name's de- Judy's death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Surprise! <Judy>. Ah. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but you see a shot of her face, and it's actually not Felissa Rose. It is, ooh, what's his name? Jonathan. Jonathan Tiersten. Okay. That's a fun fact. Special features that I'm sneaking in here right now. (laughs) God, John, spoilers. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And then both have a body count in the double digits, I guess. (laughs) I mean, the you got eleven, including the snake in Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, okay. Wait, is that including Mrs. Voorhees as well? Uh, Did I include Mrs. Voorhees? I think I did. Okay. And then you have 13? (laughs) Well, I say it as a question mark because we're not sure if Artie is dead. And then um, I am still unclear as to how many children were murdered in that. That that, tent? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier and it seems like it could be four or three. Yeah, so it looks, if you watch the movie, you see four sleeping 
a rate like uh, sleeping bags. That's the <laughs> word I was looking for. Uh, but when what's his name? When Ronnie gets the call, he says, "What three of them?" So that's where I'm confused. Yeah, but it's still in the double digits. Right. So we're going with that. Uh, and then they both are the spawn a, spawned a franchise. You've got yeah. nine movies and a remake and for Friday the 13th, and then two movies and an uncomplete fourth movie for, <laughs> for a sleepaway camp. Well, I think there's also, there were the two sequels that directly follow up on each other, and then there's that weird cut-together unfinished sequel but then there was like another sequel unconnected from the rest of them oh right the reunion yeah the reunion of the actors that was terrible i don't know why i didn't include that my bad wants to remember it that's why (laughs) and then they were both low budget successes (laughs) i mean i know the 13th was a huge success was a huge success and Obviously, Sleepaway Camp was a success if it came up with sequels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it has, like, its own sort of cult following. Uh, It's remembered a lot better than a lot of similar movies at the time with similar budgets. And the budgets are actually very close. They're, I mean, not really when you say they're about $200,000 apart, (laughs) but still, Uh that's close enough (laughs) (laughs) it's not hollywood budgets it's very indie right they were they were both in the hundreds of thousands of dollars they didn't reach a million until the sequels so (laughs) that and that's all i have for similarities do you have any more that you want to discuss um, well, we mentioned that one of the weapons used is an arrow. Um, there is a memorable scene in both of them where somebody gets pierced through the throat. With an arrow? Yeah. I don't know if it's an arrow or, a, no, it is an arrow in Friday the 13th, right? Not a spear. It looks like an arrow. It looks, yeah, it looks too small to be a spear. Right. But Where what a feat of strength. Where Pamela is the goddamn Hulk or whatever. With perfect aim. She can just see where the throat is through the bed and the mattress. And so is Angela, too. Angela's got perfect aim to, like, hit Mel straight on the... That, <laughs> the Adam's that apple. Part, the Adam's apple, yeah. <laughs> um, and that effect in Sleepaway Camp is actually really, really good. I was very impressed with that. Um, all of the effects in Friday the 13th are great. Although I have to say that um, the the arrow one used in uh, Friday the 13th is like the more original death out of the bunch. Yeah. And then I would say, I hate to say this, but Judy's death is the more original one. There are where a it's lot shadow of... play. Yeah. It's a brutal I, death, and I kind of hate that it exists just like um as a woman but also it's amazing and i love that it exists yeah uh she i i just i i love the fact that they had the taste to be like we can't show this (laughs) (laughs) 
especially given that she is a minor. Right. Uh, I don't think the actress was a minor. Or no, she was just, like, was. on the cusp of, like, 18. Yeah, she looks very mature. But they talk about her having boobs for the first time this summer. Like, she must have just hit puberty. Right. Uh, do you have any other similarities? Um, there are hints that one of the counselors is having an affair with the camp owner. But very different situation in each movie. Yeah, where it's blatantly obvious in Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> right. And it's Meg is the one who is uh, pursuing Mel actively. My name is Meg. M-E-G. <laughs> yeah. You sound just like her. What a good I tried. I tried. I worked really hard on it. I studied for years to perfect it. Oh. Also, what a great line. Like, anybody's going to fucking misspell Meg. <laughs> My name is Meg. Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, right. Um, in Friday the 13th, the, there's sort of hinted, there's hints that Steve, who's the owner of the camp, is pursuing Alice, the final girl, but it's not like fully confirmed. Yeah, they're all throwaway lines. So it's right. not like... They're super flirty. They just mention last night, quote unquote, which right. is never shown on screen. So we just assume that they were canoodling the night before uh, the events of this movie. Good use of canoodling. You're welcome. Um, also, oh, that brings us to another difference too. Friday the 13th, the main action is all on the same day. Sleepaway camp, it's at least a week. Yeah. If not more. Yeah, and even the intentions are different. Where um, Pamela is out for revenge because her son died, Jason died, while counselors were having sex. So I want to say this is the first one that, like, not the first movie, but it, like, solidified that rule for heart for slasher movies right. of the 80s and the ni- early 90s. Right. Technically where, Halloween uses it, but they did not intend that. They just like had people die after sex because they were distracted. That's, that's why I I'm saying yeah. it this way. This is the one that like put the final nail on the coffin said this is cuz they clearly state in the movie this is the rule. You have sex, you die. Yep. Or you're 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 pervy and you die. So, <laughs> whereas uh, in Sleepaway Camp, you expose Angela's secret, you die. Right. Or you threaten to expose her secret. Right. So, the only one that doesn't really make sense is Paul, but I think that's because she was just, you know, snapped at that point, at the end. Hmm. The one I that guess, she decapitated. Yeah. I guess uh, oh. she didn't want, because if he was, like, trying to feel her up or something. Yeah, I was going to say that he was trying to feel her up. And so he may have realized that maybe she doesn't have boobs. Yeah. Oh, also, both of these movies do the really 80s thing that I hate, where a character forces a kiss on another character. Um, in Friday the 13th, it's a prank where, uh, what's his face? The offensive one with the warb on it. Uh-huh. Uh, he 
pretends to drown so that oh yeah ned so, yeah that's it i was gonna say ted ned pretends to drown right so that is it marcy that does it or brenda no it's brenda marcy brenda is the one it. who hooks up with kevin bacon but i wasn't sure oh no it was brent yeah that's right it was brenda that gave him mouth to mouth and he um kissed her which would later be recreated in <laughs> what's that movie <laughs> yes <laughs> oh it's so pervy and so bad now you think know. about it but at least in the sandlot the character doing it is like 13 at most in this one he's like 18 and yeah i guess you were just allowed to assault ladies in the 80s um, and then in sleepaway camp you have paul actively pursuing angela and sort of pressuring her into kissing him when she said no or going off alone with him when she's already said no and and then he so, escalates things yeah like you kind of root for paul because he he's nice to her at first he's nice to her at first and then you know the hormones kick in and And again he is a younger kid so like he could use that as a learning experience but he does not he just keeps uh making somebody uncomfortable when she doesn't want to be right which you know it's like they're both in the 80s and that was very common in movies in the 80s which sleepaway camp kind of has like that their love story quote-unquote yeah throughout the movie as kind of like a distraction yeah. for, the, for the action that's going on. And then uh, in, in Friday the 13th, there aren't, there isn't one. It's just, you know. Right. The closest have... we get to like a real relationship is Marcy and Kevin Bacon. And they're implied to already be together before they get there. Yes. So you just see that you just see them do it, and then yeah. they both die. Yeah. Um, another difference that I have between the two of them, <laughs> I, I I just I had to talk about this. It's so minor and so small, but um, in Sleepaway Camp. Before the movie starts, there's a dedication to the writer-director's mother, a doer, and I don't understand why. Please, uh, I know we usually wait to the end, but please, dear listener, if you understand why Robert Hiltzik, or if you are Robert Hiltzik (laughs) yourself, just tell us, because we want to know, and we will report back to you if anyone has a legitimate answer. I mean... (laughs) It's just, um, I understand working on something and your mother passing away while you're working on it, so you decide to do it in tribute to her. This is a really weird thing to dedicate to your mother. Because, like, who is his mother? Is his mother Crazy Aunt Martha? Who? (laughs) Yeah, she's the only maternal figure in the movie, and she's psychologically abusive, physically abusive. Um excellent performance once again her and betsy palmer really make deserve oscars they deserve oscars they make their respective movies they elevate them um in very different directions well yeah betsy palmer is legitimately great 
Jason should have been watched every minute. He was... He wasn't a very good swimmer. Right. She, you know, she had a career before this movie, so... Right. And I don't know what Aunt Martha's actress has done, but God bless her. We can't go to camp without our physicals now, can we? Just be careful not to tell anyone how you got them. Oh, no, no, I'm afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. Even though they know that I am a doctor. She's Put incredible. Her in everything. Yes. She has the most amazing hands. Her hands are incredible. Why, I wonder. <laughs> oh, why, yes. I tied a string around my finger so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> and then uh, the other, the, another difference that I have is that um, though this is the first Friday the 13th we're talking about, mm-hmm. the characters aren't the tropes that they would later become in the series. Right. Yes. But in in CPOA camp, you, you know, you have the bitch, the innocent one, the horny person. I mean, you kind of have the horny character, but it's not as blatantly obvious right. it's as sort of, it later becomes. Yeah. The thing about that strikes me about this first Friday the 13th is these characters are really likable, all of them. You don't want any of them to die. Right. And they're all pretty smart. Yeah. Yeah, like, legitimately, the only reason they all end up dead is because they have no clue that they should be on the lookout for a killer. And, like, Alice shows that she's handy when she builds the, um... Because they're all there. Yeah, they're all all there to, like, fix up the camp because it's been closed for 30-some-watt years or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. So you, you see these characters... Though they tick around a little bit, but like they are there to work and right. do everything. Um, when they're joking around, that's just them bonding. And we've both worked at a summer camp before. That's what you do while you're working. Yes, because you know, you you bond while you dick around and yeah, <laughs> hang out at the bar, or right. you know, you have a campfire and you're telling scary stories. But you don't really see that with the counselors in Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, no. It's not important. Yeah, it really focuses more on the campers themselves. But even then, you have the the nerdy guy that gets picked, the nerdy kid that gets picked on. You have the nice guy who's actually horny. The <laughs> so you have tropes that you've got bullies, you've got bitches. Right. You you've got. Horny teenagers galore. Horny, horny, horny. How many times can I say that? In this? Um, and then the one last thing that I have is that the twist endings were not the Pamela ending, okay. the reveal of Jason, I mean, and oh, Friday okay. the 13th. That one was not planned originally. Mm-hmm. Um, it came up at the spur of the moment while they were filming. Uh, however, the reveal of who Angela really is was always planned. <laughs> <laughs> Which is upsetting when you think about it in 2020 mindset. But oh God. Oh God. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and chalk it up to pure ignorance. 
and not maliciousness. But it yeah. is, uh, it's not very nice. No. It's not very no. compassionate to a hugely marginalized group of people. Yeah. Um, especially one that have been changing America since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and still trying to and still are, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but we're am- talking about movies, so <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can we can movies from the eighties. We could have a political discussion about the transgender representation another day. <laughs> right now, let's talk about these cheeky slasher films. Um, and then I guess that's really it that I have. Yeah, I guess my main difference between the two is that Sleepaway Camp is a lot meaner, just in tone. Like, oh, yeah. I get that. Themes, like we were saying, we like all the characters. Um, they're all older teenagers instead of young kids. And, like, it, it kind of gives them all respect and dignity before they're killed off. And then Sleepaway Camp, everyone's an asshole and then dies very violently, and they're much younger. For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you have Artie that deservedly so right. gets murdered. Well, <laughs> he gets attacked. We can say that, I guess. He gets attacked. And then Mel, I don't know if Mel deserved it, but like. Uh, he deserved it because he kept the camp open after three mysterious deaths. And he would. Oh, that's right. And like we would. We, the audience, would agree that he deserved it, though. Like, in terms of Angela's mindset. Right, yes. He was very cruel to the only person she loved, really, which is her cousin, Ricky. Right. Uh, Even, I guess there's, like, a nice contrast right there between the two cooks of these respective movies. Artie, who is a pedophile and is abusing children, and then Annie, who genuinely loves working with children and is so excited to work with kids all summer. Like, that kind of just sort of sets how different the tones are. Yes. 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 Yeah, you have have the counselors in Friday the 13th who are like, we got to get this ready. Let's do it. We got to get ready for the kids. Let's do it for the kids. And then the counselors in Sleepaway Camp are just assholes except for um ronnie i'm gonna say right well Susie's nice too she doesn't do enough to stop meg though oh that's right she may as well be having a halo and a choir of angels singing behind (laughs) her every time she's on screen (laughs) but they both survive so we're okay with that and gene oh gene (laughs) now you're the one being horny uh, I'm gonna <laughs> die soon. That means they were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. So we talked these movies to death. Um, haha. <laughs> what a pun! I'm so punny. Uh, oh no, there's an arrow caught in my throat. Oh no! <laughs> what are you gonna do with that curling iron, Shady? Oh no! <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. I uh, decide which hole I would put it in. Ah! <laughs> Up the bum, no babies. Um, 
<laughs> Do we cut this or keep it in? Please keep it in. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we're obviously a little, little punch drunk and funny. So <laughs> it is now time for special features. Special features. We each take a movie and we do further research for some trivia and or fun facts uh, uh, in the hopes to nerd out and surprise each other and hopefully you, dear listener. Um, we always go chronological order and Shady had the honor to look up Friday the 13th. So Shady, take it away. All right. Well, let's start right with that title. The original title for this movie was actually Camp Blood. Um, which, not a great title, but they say it an awful lot throughout the movie. If you pay close attention, they never confirm that this actually takes place on Friday the 13th until close to 20 minutes left in the film. When when Pamela comes in and says, it's Jason's birthday. <laughs> no, uh, even before that, uh, there's the scene where Steve is being escorted by the cop, and the cop says something about, oh, it's a full moon and a Friday the 13th. People act swoony. All right, he did. <laughs> and they threw that line in like right at the last minute because that's when they realized like, oh, fuck, we never say what day it is in this movie named after the day it takes place on. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> Harry Manfredini did the he was the composer who worked on the score for this film and almost every other film in the franchise except for part eight and the reboot. And he came up with the signature sound for the whole franchise thank you you're welcome um and he did that because in the end when betsy palmer as pamela Voorhees starts speaking to herself as jason and she says to herself killer mommy killer so he decided to take the main consonants out of that sentence and turn that into this creepy sound that he echoed through several times. It's key, 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 ma, 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 not the... Chi, 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 ha, ha, ha. That everyone claims to hear. Right. It does kind of sound like that because of all the echo. Right, like... Ka and ma. Killer, mommy. Killer. Super cool, creepy sound. I love it. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. This is one of only two films in the franchise where we do not get full boobage from somebody in the cast. We sort of see, like, we see some nudity from Marcy, but it's not full frontal. By the way, dear listener, in case you haven't guessed, and I'm going to spoil it for you right now, (laughs) Shady and I are planning on talking about all the Friday the 13th movies, so... That's exciting. That's exciting. Stay <laughs> tuned. The whole franchise destroyed our brains, but we're, we're ready to report back to you, dear listeners. Yes. And then the other thing I want to mention, I mean, there's so much. I could talk about trivia for this movie for eight days. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> I just want to note that this is the first time we get to see Jason Voorhees on screen, and he is played by Ari Lehman. Sure. He was about 14 or 15 when they filmed it. And he was only supposed to be there for like one scene that happens earlier in the right. film. Like and a then, flashback. And then it was uh, Tom Savini who came up with the idea that he 
jumps out of the water at the right. end. Which they were blatantly ripping off Carrie with that ending. They admitted themselves. I personally yep. think it's more effective than Carrie's ending. Oh, yeah. It's more, more iconic. It is. Uh, and way scarier, in my opinion. Um, maybe partly because we know that Jason actually does come to kill people in future movies. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So shout but out to Tom Savini for being great. And um, oh, also Victor Miller flat out admits to ripping off Halloween with this whole movie. Like he'll flat out admit it. He'll, he's like, yeah, I just wanted to rip off Halloween. And then add like a dash of psycho, but reversed in there because it's a mother killing on behalf of her son instead of. Ah, now I see it all with clear eyes. Yes. All right. I'm going to stop there or else I'll ramble on for five hours. And I had sleepaway camp. Now, I just found this real fascinating. My love, Jane Krakowski, was originally cast as Judy. But she oh dropped God. out because she thought the death scene was too grisly. Right, rightfully so. But, like, could you imagine not having the luscious locks that that actress had? <gasps> They're incredible. Her right. hair. Which one would you rather have? Hair or Jane Krakowski? Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. Right. I, I love, oh, I should look her up and give her her due flowers because she is incredible in this movie the actress who plays Judy, and she does kind of look like Jane Krakowski. But with... But with brown hair. That is down to her ass. Amazing, beautiful, thick brown hair. Karen Fields. Karen Fields. She's fantastic in this movie, so part of me, just because she would grow up to be Jenna Maroney, part of me would want Jane Krakowski, but part of me is perfectly satisfied with what we have. Yes. She Um, is great. She's the best part of the movie for me, besides Aunt Martha. Uh, Mike Kellen, who played Mel, this is his final film. He died of lung cancer three months before the film's release. Ooh. I know. It's so sad. And then, and then I've got this whole thing about Felissa Rose, who played Angela. You ready for it? Do it. So she was 13 while filming, and her mother didn't want her to be the killer because she was so young. And like I said, Jonathan Tierston stood in for her uh, for that one shot, but he also doubled for the action scenes that Angela had. Mm -hmm. Uh, His more masculine hands with veins could better throw off the audience. He even donned a wig for the backlit scene with Angela. Um, And then there was another actor who played Angela who was an uncredited college student at the end who wore a mask of Felissa Rose's face and had to be wasted and was crying while filming that scene. Oh my God. Fully naked. Fully naked. Holy shit. So that's terrifying, but it's like, I'm kind of happy he decided not to take the credit because that'll, yeah. That would have destroyed his life. Yeah. Like, even pre-internet, that's something you don't want following you around. And then, as we talked about, this one has four sequels. And I'm going to list them because they're only four and not a million, like the, <laughs> like Friday the 13th. You have Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers, which came out in 1988. 
Sleepaway Camp 3, Teenage Wasteland, which came out in 1989. And then we jump to the um, reunion one, which is Return to Sleepaway Camp in 2008. And then Sleepaway Camp 4, The Survivor, came out in 2012, which was the one that had the uh, 30 minutes of original film from a 1992 uh, sequel. And then they had to chop it all up to make something new out of it oh god that's the only one that i haven't seen because i don't want to torture myself that much part of me wants to because it sounds so awful but so fascinating yeah i do there's one of the sequels i kind of like i think it's the third one is that the one where it's like a camp for delinquents yeah where where angela poses as maria yeah, yeah, that's the one I kind of like it for for camp reasons. Like <laughs> camp meaning a style of narrative, not not camp meaning summer camp. <laughs> um, but I kind of like that one. But Return to Sleepaway Camp, I hated. Like it hurt me watching it. Yeah, because two, three, and four, Angela plays a counselor. And then return to sleepaway camp. Angela is a police officer. She is undercover as a male police officer. And that, yeah, it is. Uh, the sequels all kind of work a lot to obfuscate what even Angela's identity twist. is. Right, because she's played by female actresses. She still goes by Angela. She uses feminine pronouns. So it seems like, yes, she's a woman. I don't know if that was their intent with the first movie. I don't know if the intent was, no, this is a boy being forced to pose as a girl. Did, did they answer that question in Return to Sleep Boy Camp? Because I know oh. Robert Hilsick came back to write and direct it. Yeah, no. They just, it's Angela, who I guess is comfortable being Angela now. But goes undercover as a male detective yeah but it is Melissa Rose so good for her Michael thought skinning frogs was cool ask him how cool it is now Angela so now we're up to final thoughts where we ask the same five questions every time this time Shady's gonna ask them Shady ask me some questions query me this um can you think of any other movies that sort of fit this same theme? I want to say Hatchet, but okay. I don't, it does, it's not at a camp though. It's, it's more so. Campsite though, right? I believe. I can't, I don't remember. It's been a while. I just know that Hatchet is at least inspired by Friday the 13th. Right. I would count it because. It's not so much important that it's at a camp specifically, but that it's out in the wilderness. Yes. Well, in that case, uh, no. <laughs> I would also count Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <gasps> yes, absolutely. They have a lake scene that is very pivotal. Um, it's all out in the wilderness. And there's a bunch of dumb teenagers that end up killing themselves. <laughs> That's a so, good poll. Spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, no, Tucker and Dale versus Evil is like a solid parody of this same formula. Oh, yeah. And done very well. Excellent movie. I love that movie. But also, like, 
pretty much any slasher movie. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen one that is like a cheerleading camp that is the basis of it. But these, like, if you want to dig deep into 80s slasher movies, <laughs> you'll find some real gems that take place at a camp. You sure will. It's a direct ripoff of Halloween, so I guess you could say Halloween is similar, which means every slasher movie is similar. It's just that they <sighs> take place in the suburbs. My brain is exploding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, next question. Did did we like these movies? I mean, I love Friday the 13th. No, no, hands down. No doubt about it. Excellent movie. Better than it really has any right to be. Right. Sleepaway Camp. I'm going to say yes. I liked it. I mean, it's it's one of those movies that, like, you can watch with a group of friends and just laugh at how bad it is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I mean, parts of it make me kind of more uncomfortable than I'd like to be but I just sort of have learned to ignore those parts plus it's available on YouTube so you can watch it whenever right it's good from a a very so bad it's good type of point of view yeah I mean for the twist alone it's a bad and offensive twist but it's also so weird that you have to see it yep oh yeah so I guess that uh, answers the next question. Would we watch these again? Yeah, I'd watch both of them again. Oh, fuck yes. Would you recommend these? I mean, we kind of did already. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I mean, like, huge disclaimers on Sleepaway Camp because it will offend your sensibilities. Right, right. It will, it will offend your modern mind. But, like, right. you got you to gotta take everything with a grain of salt when it comes right. to certain movies. Right. We do not condone the message of this movie. We just condone watching it and laughing at it. <laughs> and then finally, John, are these movies the same? I'm going to say no with an asterisk. Hmm. Because the motiva- I'm going to say no because the motivation behind the murders are what makes it drastically different. Hmm. But when you do boil it down, it is the same. So maybe I'm saying maybe. (laughs) Can we have a, can we do a gray area where it's maybe? (laughs) That's why I'm saying no with an asterisk because the asterisk is like the but. (laughs) But there are a bunch of similarities about them. I'm going to respectfully agree to disagree and say that, yes, these are absolutely the same movies. The only notable differences are the mean tone of Sleepaway Camp and the obvious higher quality of Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah, they, they learned how to stretch a penny on that movie. They sure did. Genuinely suspenseful at times. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's also because I like Friday the 13th more than I do Sleepaway Camp. I know it's such mm. a hot take and I'm going to say it. <laughs> I mean... But I, that's why I, I want to say that they're different. But... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, my answer is the same but opposite almost because I'm like, they're the same. It's just that one's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, listener agree with us or disagree <laughs> with us you agree know to disagree let's do it you can reach out to us on our personal social media i am 
at movies john that is john without an h or you can look up john again without an h underscore watches underscore movies shady what is your personal twatter account uh you can find me on twatter at cookie oh shady spelled like it sounds what cookie are you oh uh chocolate chip oh it's like classic classic but everybody loves it <laughs> it's so true yeah. um or you could reach out to uh reach out to our pods social media and email our email is movie deja vu pod at gmail.com and shady how is that spelled uh that is spelled m-o-v-i-e-d-e-j-a-v-u-p-o-d at gmail.com at we're also on Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod, same spelling. And we're on the Twatterverse at Movie Deja Vu, no pod. So if you have any uh, suggestions or, like I said, if you want to voice your opinions, we may read them out loud and we, may, and we will definitely do your suggestion. Please feel free to reach out to us. We love to hear from you. Yeah. Hooray. That sounds like fun. Please be nice. We like niceness, but we also like constructive criticism. Right. So I mean, you can criticize or disagree and be respectful about it. Just don't be mean like in sleepaway camp. Yeah, they suck. Yes. So Shady, until next time. Eat shit and die, John. Eat shit and live, Shady. Nailed it. I know you're going to like that name. Won't you, Peter? Oh, my God.